welcome to Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, in Love. Right, thinking right relationships right now. And right now, Herman, I need to talk to you about real men. (laughs) (laughs) We've been trying to talk about that for the last few weeks. Well, you said real men, in fact, last time you said real men are easy to respect. Mm -hmm. And I got this thing that says, is respect love? Wow, good question. Let's let's talk about that right after the prayer. Lord, thank you so much that you have provided clarity. There is nothing in your word that we don't have clarity on. We may not understand it, but it is your word and you mean it to be clear. You will reveal it to us. And I pray that we look at how you want real men to be in this world in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Real men are easy to respect. Mm-hmm. Is respect love? So if we look at that idea of respect, too often we're considering respect from the viewpoint of if I just respect somebody, is that actually carrying the same definition that we use on love? Generally not. If I respect somebody, I can respect somebody for their, you know, uh, their their uh, athletic prowess. I can respect them for the fact that they might have some power, but they n- n- aren't necessarily using it correctly. So I, I can respect somebody, but it doesn't actually carry any connotation of the definition of love, which is to pursue their best. Respect simply is what is going on with the other person. Am I recognizing that they have something that that actually is somewhat admirable? So uh, respect and love would not be the same thing at all. Well, I'm glad you're saying that because the question that I just pounded in my head, I keep thinking about respect and love is earned. Right. And you're going to tell me that, no, it's given. Well, there's no doubt that respect is a situation where we can earn respect from somebody, but at the same time, we are either respectable or not. That's the more important issue. It's sort of like the idea of trust and trustworthy. I'm either trustworthy and can be trusted or I'm not. I'm either respectable or I'm not. And the issue for us is to pay attention to the latter term, respectable or trustworthy, because that is my actions. That is what's going on inside of me. Normally when I listen to self-help programs or read those books or biblical commentaries, it seems that I'm trying to make something that's broke better. I'm trying to polish something. And what you're asking me to do is step up and create something new. That's the entire point that we keep talking about as it pertains to relationships. We want to model our relationships after God. And what has God done for us? God has created a new creature. When you trust by faith in Jesus Christ, by his grace alone, faith alone, grace alone, when you do that, he makes you a new creature. He doesn't take the old creature and try to make it better. How are relationships, therefore, totally new? I'm not interested, and that is a very important message that you bring up. We're not interested in you making your current relationships better. That sounds wrong, doesn't it? Well, it does, and how it ties to this is I hear you saying respect and respectable, but last night I was in the room where you basically said, you know what, it doesn't matter what this person does to deserve that. It's what I am expecting you to do unconditional of that. Well, it's what I am wanting to be doing as it pertains pertains to my relationship with the Lord. Either I am either I am standing up and doing what God has asked me to do or I'm not. 
For instance, too much of the time we get focused on, let's just take it back to the, the idea of this new relationship. If I want a new relationship with you, how can, I, how can I guarantee that I have a new relationship with you immediately? Because I decide to do something different. That is how a relationship can become new immediately. I can start desiring and actually doing and actually pursuing a relationship that seeks your best, that pursues your best, and that makes the relationship brand new from my side at least. And it's not trying to make the relationship better. I am simply doing a whole new relationship, which is I'm not expecting anything from you. I'm simply pursuing your best. Okay, well, because I'm kind of confused because I've heard you say many, many times there's a math to relationships. Mm -hmm. And the math is two to say yes or only one to say no. Right. Now, in the case of a marriage, whether somebody's saying no or not, I'm still convicted to have to say yes. Correct. So I'm pursuing their best or I'm learning to pursue their best. How is this making an endurance contest a new thing? The, the new thing is that you are no longer having expectations of the other person. That's the new thing. You're not trying to make it better because you're trying to get them to change. You're taking on a relationship that has a one-sided mentality. I'm simply going to do what's right, and I'm hoping and praying and encouraging the other person to do what's right, but it's not dependent upon that. That's what's new. That is what God is asking us to do, a relationship. So, yes, these things might hurt, but I can take Christian contentment and joy because my relationship's not dependent on them. It's now anchored in Christ. It's now anchored in, am I doing what God has asked me to do? Because I'm making my relationship right with God first by doing that. And I'm hoping that you decide to do something in return, but it's not required because that is the way God does his relationship with us. He pursues our best even when we're turning our back on him. When we turn around and enjoy him for who he is, the relationship works better from our side, but it doesn't ever change the way he is working from his side. He's always doing what is right from his side. That's a new way to do a relationship. Okay, but may I be honest? <laughs> Never. <laughs> I'm not so sure when I took the jersey that I signed up for this. And that's exactly right. When people understand that we're asking for a new relationship, this is not what most people sign up for. But you're not saying just change my relationships horizontally with one another. You're saying change my relationships vertically with God. As everybody would hopefully understand, none of this is going to be possible without starting with your relationship with God first. I'm putting my emotions, I'm putting my thinking. I'm putting all of my energy into making certain that I am pursuing God's best. Now, how do I do that? I simply do what he asks of me to do. That's how I pursue God's best. I obey him. If I love God, I obey him. And when I do that, I put my energy there. Guess what he's asking me to do? If I'm obeying him, I am pursuing your best, not expecting anything in return. I'm simply pursuing your best because that's what God is asking me to do. Wow. A light bulb just went on because, you know, I hear many pastors say, if I want to know how your relationship is with God, I look at your relationship with your spouse mm -hmm. or among those closest to you. And I I always thought that that reflection was dependent on their response back to me. 
It's not. It is not. It's am I joyous in that circumstance irregardless, and that clearly demonstrates my relationship with God. Absolutely, and that's going to be difficult to see. I mean, because it's going to be easy for us to look at the people around us and start going, well, are they are they walking with God because they're having good relationships with people? That is not a good metric because just because I'm doing what's right for another person doesn't mean that they're going to be responding. That's their choice. So it's not whether or not my marriage is a five-star example in the public image. It's how I am responding in it's, that. It's how I am acting in that marriage, how I am dealing with that person in that marriage. If you had a chance to watch an individual in the way that they deal with all their relationships, you would have a good indication of how they are actually relating to the Lord at that point in time. But it couldn't be based on whether the people are responding to that person or not, right? So it'd be just like Jesus. Jesus Christ. If you looked at Jesus Christ and focused on him and how he was dealing with everybody while he was here on the earth, you could go, oh, wow, he's God. But if you looked at the people and how they responded to him, they'd go, whoa, he must not be God. They don't like him. Big difference, right? (laughs) (laughs) Bless God. His role as our Redeemer and Savior was not dependent on our ability. Mm Mm-hmm to recognize him. Great Relationships is the website. That's grnumeral8relationships.com. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Great thoughts for great relationships. Knowing and practicing this definition of love is the key to all good relationships. Love is seeking the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign, seriously. I'm here to tell you about Grace, Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! Now! Relationships. That's grnumeral8relationships.com. We're talking about real men. Sunday, I saw you at church, you know, right as you were getting ready to teach, and I was coming in to be a greeter, and I had on my best suit, and I even washed the car. I was looking good, and I was feeling good. In fact, I remember going through, Bob, looking good, looking good, Paul, you know, yeah, feeling yeah, good. And yeah. that's like, that makes me respectful, right? It sure does. No. <laughs> Of course it doesn't. There is everything that you notice here in Titus chapter two, verses one through eight has nothing to do with the external. 
That's what's so interesting. Nothing to do with the external. And of course, we have a tendency to think that all of those type of things might make us look better, and it certainly can. It can make us look good, but it's all external. It doesn't say anything about what's on the inside. Herman, even the toothpaste I buy is to help me be respectable. Now, That's come right. on. Of course, we all think that. No, we don't. We we know better. We know better. We know that those type of things don't uh, increase our respect, uh, doesn't increase the ability for people to respect us if they have good values. If they have bad values, yes, they may respect you. They actually may put more value on you if you have all of those type of external things. So respectability isn't about what I have or what I do. You just said something about the values I'm living. I'm saying the values that you are living, the values that you have, may introduce into your mind what you think respect involves. So if I have bad thinking, if I don't have God's economy in mind, I would respect you for that nice new suit, that beautiful car, that beautiful house, that trophy wife of yours, those type of things. I would respect you for that because I have bad thinking. I don't have my thinking lined up with God's economy. God's economy says that respectability fits into the concept of sound and love, sound and patience, sound in respect, even the concept of being easy to respect. It fits all of those type of things uh, to have a clear mind, to be sound in faith, to be sound in doctrine, to be a good example. All of those things are internal, showing up on the external, but are all internal. So if you are a, if you are a person that is focused primarily on the external, uh, yeah, you might I, you might get some respect for that. Okay, well, I'm a few pounds over pudgy. How do I deal with, how do I respect you like that? You don't even respect yourself. If your friends are saying that to you, that is their issue. Can they respect you anyway? Yes, because that is actually their choice. Notice what I've been saying about respect. Respect is something that is coming from another person. Respect is something that is inside of them. It doesn't matter sometimes whether you're respectable according to God's economy or not. Another person may not respect you. Just look at Jesus' life like we talked about at the end of the last block. Jesus was perfect, therefore eminently respectable. But there were plenty of people that did not respect him, right? So that shows you that respect is something that is coming from a person, not necessarily what you are. Because what you are, you can be totally respectable and somebody not respect you. Okay, well, this is tough because we're talking and I'm not used to having to dive this hard into something you're saying. When people don't respect Christ, didn't respect Christ... Maybe they had a bad metric. Maybe they were using the wrong yardstick. And now you're talking to me about, I'm thinking about attributes and things that I acquire or purchase or whatever mm-hmm. to be respectable. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me, no, Paul, I want you to remove these stumbling blocks that you might truly be respectable. That's right. It's hard for me to hear this. Yeah. It's hard for me to focus on what you're saying. It's because of our sin nature and because of the influence of the world. In fact, one of the things that 
here's a here's a wild theory, and I'm just going to say it even on the air, a wild theory. I think there's less demon possession in the United States than there is in other parts of the world because we're so materialistic. You know, Satan doesn't need to, <laughs> to, to create all this demon possession. But you Are know, you trying to tell me we make it easy for him? We make it very easy for him because of our materialistic mindset. That's exactly right. So, you know, leave that as it is. I, I'm, I want that to stay on air, of course, but the issue is respectability is something that is engineered and started in the person's mindset from them to you. It doesn't mean that you are necessarily respectable when I respect you. It's totally dependent upon the criteria that I have in my own mind. I would have a criteria, hopefully, that would address what God is saying is easy to respect. And easy to respect would be somebody that's temperate, sound in love, sound in patience, all of those type of things that we see here in Titus chapter 2. Okay, I was going to say, but 2-8 is where you're talking, because you said how we engineer respectability. How I think about it's going to determine what I start to do, my engineering, and what verse do you want me to have anchored? All, all of those, Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, speaks both to men and women, but it's verses 1 and 2 primarily, and 6 through 8 for men. That's the way you can be thinking about it. Titus chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 and 6 through 8. That's how you can be thinking about that. So this is this is critical for men to understand because it, it fits directly into the issue of marriage because the woman is asked to respect the man, right? Too often a woman may have and even friends may have the wrong mindset as to what respectability is. A woman may not be respecting her husband because he doesn't have a title of a job that she believes that he should have or doesn't respect him because he's not providing to the degree that she would like to be provided for, doesn't have the type of car that she would like to have, those type of things. She, therefore, may not respect him, but he may be eminently respectable. And what do you do in that dilemma? So here you've got a guy who's respectable and you've got a woman who simply chooses not to respect. Right. And she's free to choose that. That's right. And what we want to be paying attention to, what should that man focus on? Unfortunately, what too many of the men focus on is, am I being respected by my wife? Wrong criteria, wrong focus. The focus needs to be, am I doing what God ask me to do? Would God therefore respect me is the way that you could be thinking about that. But in the world, and I spent way too much time there, what I see is there reaches a point where for whatever reason, one stops respecting the other. Mm -hmm. And rather than look to God, they look to their peers. Well, fine, you don't, they do. So I'm going to play by their standards. And, right. just and it's just wrong. It's just wrong because the issue for all of us ultimately comes down to this new relationship, right? What do we need to be doing there? I'm simply going to do what's right, whether the other person is or not. I'm just going to do what God asked me to do. That's where we need to be. We get our attention so out of whack, get so focused on what the other people are doing or what we think we should be getting from the other person. That's the old style of relationship. The new relationship says, I'm simply going to do what's right for them whether they ever do what's right for me or not. That's a new relationship. That's a new thing that you can start doing right now.
So now I think I want to pop the hood and see what the engine is. <laughs> Who's your who said so? What's the engine? What's that's the propulsor? Exactly right. And that is, that's the whole idea of Titus chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 and 6 through 8. A man is to be a wimp, as we've been saying it. Walk in mercy and power selflessly. That is a man that is not focused on himself from the viewpoint of trying to get things. He is giving things. He is giving life away because life has been given to him and that life that's been given to him is the life of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is wanting to live through you to others. Therefore, you are to have a giving attitude toward everybody around you, not a getting attitude. Well, there is all sorts of additional things that we can pay attention to here. We we mentioned that real men are merciful, as we said in that little walk in mercy and power selflessly, but they're also powerful. They're clear-minded that we can see in that uh, uh, passage of Titus chapter 2, verses 1 uh, and 2 and 6 and 8. Uh, they're self-controlled. They're temperate. They have self-governance. They're looking at their life, making certain that they're accountable. They're sober-minded. They're sound in faith. There's all sorts of wonderful things that a real man is doing. So there you have it. Greatrelationships.com, GR numeral eight relationships.com. Maybe it is worth going back to the website and listening to this again and hearing what the Holy Spirit has to say to you. We're back right after this. Here are two great quotes for great relationships by Dr. Marlon Howe. Men and women are equal in value different in design and role. And he who has the most invested loses the power. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. We're back. GreatRelationships.com is the website. Great Relationships, building something new, not something old or fixing it up. Herman, before the break, we were talking about being respectable and, you know, what's under the hood. Mm -hmm. Is it what I think I need to have to be respectable or am I actually doing living good values to be respectable enough? Is it selfish for me to change and then immediately kind of look over my shoulder and to see if anyone notices? Absolutely. <laughs> That's a pretty easy flashing me moment uh, when we do those type of things. Anytime we are 
concerned about what others are thinking about us, anytime we're concerned about that rather than simply doing what's right, it's a flashing me moment. So if I'm concerned about what other people are doing, then odds are God's really not my who said so. Well, the way you said that, I'd be be careful uh, if I'm concerned about what other people are doing. Uh, that's th- that's a different flavor. If I'm concerned about whether other people are paying attention to me and what I'm doing, uh, that might have a much stronger flavor of flashing me moment. Okay, well, I'm actually trying to go someplace. That was the first <laughs> one. The next step is this. You know, in the Great Relationships course, you say that if we start making these changes, it's going to take a while for others to notice. Research actually shows that to be the case, that if you make a change... Now, let me throw this little statement that we like to use. 80% of what you see lies behind your eyes, not in front of them. 80% of what you see is based on your past experiences with that person. 20% is based on what you're seeing right now. And therefore, if a person made a radical change and made a perfect change right now, you still would be, well, time will tell. Because you need to wash your brain through that that 80%, but so it's finally to this new behavior that the other person is doing. And in that 20%, most people are more concerned with their own life anyway. Sure they are. So how do I know whether I'm living the new lifestyle or the old? It's, it's simply based on the definition of the problem and the solution. Remember that? If you want to take it back to the essence, the 10-second version <laughs> of the entire course, you can stop listening to the program, stop watching the videos, stop looking at the study guide if you would just do this 10-second version. There's a problem in every relationship. You're making everything about you. The solution in every relationship is to pursue the best for others Patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. You can know if you're doing a relationship this new way if your attention and your energy is more focused on working for the best for the people around you rather than trying to get something from the people that are around you. If you're working in such a way to give uh, uh, the idea of how I can serve you rather than be served, then you're probably moving in the direction of this new relationship. In this venue of being respectable. Mm-hmm. Not being respected, but being able to be respectable. Is being blameless a part of that, and how does that figure in? It's going to figure in in being this good example, sound in doctrine, sound in speech, sound in love. It's going to fit into all of those things because blameless, the way that I would define that, would be the idea of a, a righteous person. Even if you wanted to accuse them of something, it would be a phony accusal because they're blameless. And that is one of the key things that God specifically says in this particular passage in Titus chapter 2, verses uh, 1 and 2 for men and and 6 through 8 for men, that God is asking specifically that a man when he is accused of something that says here that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you. It fits that blameless fits into it perfectly. I love the way you said that. If I'm focused on being respected, then I have the wrong criteria. Notice notice what, what the difference is. I'm focused on whether you're looking at me the way I want you to look at me. Ooh, I just became a control freak. Yeah. I, and, and you're going to suffer the boomerang, uh, the control boomerang, <laughs> boomerang at yep. some point. As opposed to being respectable, I'm focused on my own behavior as it pertains to what God is asking me to be. 
being respectable versus being respected. I, I don't want to focus on being respected. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in being respectable according to what God's word says. That's a very different criteria. And you can either respect me for that or you don't. That's your issue. Christ handed us a life that was without blemish, that was spotless, that was blameless. But his focus wasn't on getting us to respect him. He had nothing in his whole mindset that was trying to get us to respect him. He was giving his life for us because he was pursuing our best. And he went to the cross to do just that. He sacrificed himself to do what was best for us. Whether we respected him or not, that was what he was doing for the Father and for what he said was for our best. Okay, I've got a confession. As we've been talking in Titus 2, I never realized that this respectable was to ultimately conform me to the image of Christ. If I am focused on those things, this Titus chapter 2 will have you moving in the right direction. It will give you the opportunity to be conformed into the image of Christ. And that is what ultimately will make you the most powerful, not because of power coming from within you, but because of Christ's life living through you. That's what makes you powerful. Not because of my company, the men I command, or the Ferrari I drive, but Christ that indwells in me. That's the power. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.